Okay, everybody, we're back here at RYP Radio. We're in the studios here, and I've got a, a guest that's come, come here to visit his son. So we've got Jerry Young here. This is the father of Ryan Young. So Jerry has a long history with trials. I'd say it's long, about the uh, probably one of the originators of the sport in the country. Maybe not originator, but uh, one of the very early participants in it. So, Jerry, good to have you in here at the studios at RYP. Well, thank you, Brad. And you're here for what reason? Well, it's spring break, and there's going to be some neat kids riding some awesome rocks, and I want to be part of it. So you came all the way here and uh, brought some a couple of our participants at spring break. I'm going to be interviewing them a little later in the week, so you'll get to hear from them as well. But, Jerry, uh, when did you exactly start in the sport of trials, and for what reason? Well, let me go back just a little bit before trials and uh, I was doing some enduro work on my Triumph Cub which is the first motorcycle I ever owned and I, I rode uh, the Berkshire International which is a 360 mile event and uh, Burrow Enduro which is a hundred and so miles. And what years would this have been? Around 69, 69 I'm thinking 70 and uh, so my friends that were with me at the Berkshire International, they said, well, we're gonna go ride a trials next week. I said, well, what is that? And they explained what trials was. And so I went and uh, down to Candytown, Pennsylvania, and uh, I rode this stock Triumph Cub, which is a street bike, street and trail, and I came in fourth place. So I thought, boy, that's pretty cool. And so I went home and there was a trials two weeks later at the same location. That time I came in first place. I said, boy, I really like this sport. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it just started multiplying from there. I started trimming things off the bike and uh, making it a little more competitive and lighter and gear it down more. And Now back then, the Triumph Cub, was that a normal bike to have at a trials? I mean, No, is that, that was not a trials bike. I had to make it into... A championship bike which I eventually did by doing one thing after another raising the motor putting a bigger sprocket on and and uh, it became so that I could beat the guys that were riding Sherpa T's so Bull Taco was a pr prominent yeah, brand then and Montessa so I beat I beat the whole pack of them with this old Triumph Cub that I modified into being a, a championship bike and in 1972 I ended up winning the AMA National Championship. I had more points, more AMA points than anyone else in the United States. And how much traveling did you have to do to accomplish that? Uh, that's the, the, the downfall of the system back then was I never had to leave New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania to win that championship. So then the NATC came along and said, uh, well, there was two Michigan trials year after year and I went to both of those mm -hmm. with my first uh, sponsored ride of GRM and uh, so I rode two years of the the national championship in uh, Michigan and uh, I I think I came in middle of pack or something but uh, I was enjoying that and uh, then the NATC uh, was formed in 73 and uh, our club was uh, 
one of the clubs that were selected to put on a trial because we had been putting on trials in Pennsylvania and we were recognized by Dave Russell and a few other people that said, hey, Jerry Young and uh, the Pennsylvania Trials Riders are putting on some pretty good trials. Uh, and they invited me to jump in and uh, let my cub put on one of the first nationals in the United States. Wow, so this was back uh, in the, the uh, I guess, was the first round NATC actually promoted back then. Yeah. And Pennsylvania was, was one of the clubs that yeah. did it. Yeah, huh. I think it was 74, not 73. We did a national in 74, 76. Then we jumped into a world championship in 78. It was a world championship as well as a national, which they don't do anymore. And then we went to the uh, another world round in 87. We did a national in 86 in preparation for the world championship in 1987. That was at Bodine's PA. The first, the national, the previous world round was at Roaring Branch, which had a lot of waterfalls, and that was just down the road another 10 or 15 miles. So when you did this first uh, NATC championship trials there, were there many rules that had been set up with NATC, things that you had to abide by there that maybe you weren't used to, or was it anything different than what you had been doing for local events forever? No, it was pretty straightforward, and uh, everything was pretty much really very basic rules. Yeah, because today I know there's a rule book fairly thick that mm -hmm. the NATC has that the promoters have to live by. I'm sure it's grown over the years. but Oh, it has. There's a lot more work to it now, and yeah. everything is more specified. <laughs> Don't back into this gate. <laughs> You'll get a five. Yeah, you've seen many, many rule changes over the years as well. Yeah. So getting back to it, you're you're now putting on a national, and you say you did a world round. Was that something that that you? I know you're a diplomat with the NATC, which means you were a world round promoter. Is that the world round that? Yeah, that 78 was a, my first world round, and then I did one in 87. Yeah. So. And which one of those was was the, uh, I guess, most exciting of the two? I think the uh, the 78 was uh, the highlight of. Uh, I'll say our career, the Pennsylvania Trials Riders' yeah. career, in that uh, then you could do almost anything you wanted to. And I was into, um, like I had the uh, Marine Corps march the flags into a circle. I didn't let anyone start their motorcycle that morning of the event. It was uh, one of those beautiful uh, fall days. and. Uh, I wanted pure silence, and then we, we played the national anthem, and the Marine Corps marched into place, and it was a very solemn event, the starting ceremonies. And uh, the trial started, and uh, waterfall after waterfall, and they told me, Jerry, don't put all your eggs into one basket, meaning don't have too many waterfalls. And prior to the event, we had four inches of rainfall, so those waterfalls <laughs> were just... And Wilkes Wagner and a few of the other guys said, I said, these sections aren't difficult. Oh, you rev these Pennsylvania guys up. And he said, you can do anything. So uh, the trial turned out great. And, the water uh, went down is what you're well, saying? Well, it went down so it was rideable. <laughs> and uh, Bernie Schreiber our, was our first uh, world champion and only world champion. And uh, he rode the event that day along with Mick Andrews and... Uh, 
Coutard and uh, Nick mm-hmm. Andrews Coutard, Yorio Vesterinen, and all the all the good old boys that I kind of <laughs> grew up with, and uh, the ones that are the businessmen in trials today. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, it was very colorful, very colorful event, and, and uh, after the trials, uh, a day or so later, I got a little note in the in the mail from Wilkes Wagner. He said, "Still glowing after having ridden your event." So Wilts actually wrote it. He wrote that letter to me. <laughs> and he rode your event? Yes. Wow. Yeah, because it was national. Yeah, most people don't realize that Wilts was a rider at one time. That, oh, you know, yeah. he was out there. Very good rider. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's quite a guy, and there's a lot of cool old guys that uh, used to ride and ride well that have <laughs> long since retired. Yeah, the, uh, you mentioned that you didn't have let anybody start their bikes that morning. Now, explain to me how you convince people from every country around the world that most of them don't speak English, <laughs> that they weren't to start their bikes. How did you get that across to them? I had a list of rules, that, and they must have just believed that I was going to disqualify them if they started their bikes, so they just, <laughs> not a bike was started. That's and, uh, pretty impressive. And it rained right up until Friday of the event. And uh, it's like it, we hauled loads and loads of gravel in because it was just a mud fest. And uh, like I say, the water was just bailing down off those waterfalls from, uh, I think it was 1,400 feet. We had a 1,000-foot change in elevation on that property. and uh, It was all waterfall. <laughs> well, I had some really nice hill climbs and some cambers and... I did have some variety, but mm-hmm. I did have, and we had a swamp up on top of it, and I made, I think, two sections in the swamp, and Marlon Whaley rode through that one swamp section, he, he dabbed once, and he lost his boot. He came off his, he pulled a boot out of the mud, and it slipped right off, and he rode the rest of the section with without a boot well they must not have had as nice of boots as we have today i don't think you could rip your boot off today your foot would be in it if it came off it was like an old barnyard uh, boot that you'd wear to (laughs) slop around in the hogs (laughs) pretty primitive yeah so you you put this event on in 78 you say yeah and then you did another one in 87 yeah it's almost a decade later yeah the bikes had changed a ton by then probably riding styles and everything And, and the sport was a little more mature in America by that point? Yeah, and by that time, uh, Ryan had started to ride. and uh, Oh, that's right. He was a, a contender in that event. And uh, so he it was kind of his debut in the world round, and he ended up winning. Uh, he came in 13th place that day and ended up getting some world championship points, which is pretty awesome to get any ch- world championship points. Right. Yeah, for any rider. Yeah. <laughs> so, up until '87, you were riding nationals. Did you did you compete in the NATC nationals in the top class? Yeah, I rode the championship class until age 45, and uh, I I got some. Uh, I think I got a seventh place in the championship class one time, and a ninth place in Colorado, and maybe a ninth in New York. I got a few top 10 rides in the championship class yeah the championship class back then though was was different than it is today there were many more riders in it mm-hmm. there were only two classes i guess back then in natc the the champ class and the sportsman class right. 
and and so you either picked one or the other. Yeah. And it must have been one hell of a jump up when you went from sportsman to champ. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was. Well, there were no. I don't think there were any split lines then. I think we. Uh, I think we all rode rode the same sections, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, you just what class you signed up in. Oh, I see. So in other words, we we didn't have any splits. It was just all one section. But now, then they decided, well, this we is, better quit killing these other guys. Yeah, we'll make it harder for the champ class, and mm -hmm. we'll make it easier for the sportsman riders. So that's when we invented the splits, and, uh, and uh, then it, it came along to the fact that uh, I was riding at a certain level, and. Uh, I decided that riding my automobile all the way across the United States to ride a trail ride was ridiculous, so I suggested we start the expert sportsman class. And uh, so we, we ran that through the NATC and the expert sportsman class was uh, made and uh, it's a very well attended class Yeah, up in 20 some riders. So you're riding the, the the champ class up into age 45. Now I would assume at 45 you had a job, mm -hmm. you had a family, yeah. wife, some kids. Yeah, four of them. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still able to ride the champ class and compete through all the nationals? Were you consistently at the nationals or you just hit the ones close by? No, no, I traveled coast to coast and that's that's one of the reasons that I drug Ryan along, and uh, it was a family event. You know, I took the wife and kids, and we drove across country and uh, in my old uh, Chevy Suburban that I cut the roof out of and put a box up on top, <laughs> and it was a Sleep Six camper. But you built the box out of wood. Yeah. Yeah, it was heavy. <laughs> and a big 307 power plant in there. So you've got a wife, kids, you're riding the champ class. Uh, I know Mike's a very accomplished rider, one of your sons, and, and Ryan. He, he ended up, he, when I invented the expert sportsman class, he entered that class and won it. Yeah. So, so that's his championship ride. Wow. So, so you've got this, this family in tow, and um, did, you, did you think that one of your kids were going to be a national champion? Well, I, that's was that was my hope all along. I, Todd rode trials until he broke his leg, mm -hmm. and and he that's that's your other son. So you had three sons. Yep. So Todd rode for a while and ended up breaking his leg on my my OSA trials bike, and then uh, uh, Mike was coming along nicely and uh, doing well, and then here come this little squirt of Orion. He couldn't. He had to use a, a box or something to jump on a boat, motorcycle. So he was smaller than the other kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and um, we just kind of went day by day, year by year, and uh, watched him grow up in a sport that uh, I've loved from day one. So when did you realize that I'm sure Mike had won some state championships and stuff on his way? Mm -hmm. on his, but, but then he entered the military. Yeah, well, and that was kind of the end of his career for a little while. Right. Yeah. And then uh, Ryan, Ryan and I did a lot of traveling coast to coast and uh, enjoyed uh, the sport thoroughly. Yeah. So Mike was on the Mike was on the track to become a champion as well at some oh. point, and then joined the military. So he's out of the picture. 
your other son broke his leg probably didn't get back on motorcycles much after no. that so then there was ryan yeah your smallest yeah kid of the bunch yeah but had the heart of a champion i guess oh yeah and uh well, I kind of scolded him a few times for breaking so many parts. He said, Dad, he said, I'm riding some pretty difficult stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> and we went uh, we went down to TMI, Chuck West, and uh, we took their old bikes, their championship bikes of the last year. We'd jump on those, and uh, that was a 240 Panic. And that, that was what he used to, to get his first national win from Scott Head. He was riding a 240 Fanny. A year old 240 Fanny. A year old 240 Fanny against uh, Scott Head, who was riding a Beta Monoshock. Yeah. And it, that was just an awesome win. And <laughs> that whole year was pretty special in that uh, we ended up at, uh, I think it was Minnesota, pouring down rain. We slept in a two man tent, Ryan and I. And it's pouring down rain and lightning, and we're sleeping under a tree, and he said, Dad, he said, I bet Scott Head isn't sleeping in a tent tonight. But darned if he didn't win the next day. <laughs> and that was the beginning of, of uh, winning in the in the top class at the NATC yeah, for him. He got the taste of it, and he liked it. and He did a lot of hard work to, to get where he could win consistently. Did he always seem really dedicated to the sport? Or, oh, you yeah. know, that was his life was trials at the time. He didn't play basketball or soccer or well i he was in uh, little league baseball early on but uh no it's just i started him he always complains that i i waited till he was 12 years old to get him on a motorcycle and my uh, my daughters to my present wife is they i taught them how to ride at eight years old <laughs> so he feels slighted he does <laughs> So here you've gone through now. You've 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 gotten one kids join the military. You've got Ryan that's riding trials, and you're still riding trials. So, how many years did you ride the nationals pretty diligently? Well, up until I'll say three or four years ago, I made sure I got to all the nationals because uh, they're a lot of fun. And uh, so I'll say three or four years ago, I I said, well. I've had enough of this, so I, I stopped riding. And, uh, so after 30-plus years of riding Trials Nationals, yeah, you decide that you're done. Well, I have sailboats and other uh, golf. And, uh, so I just said, well, I've done this long enough. And uh, So then uh, last year, Niles Manzoris came up to me at my birthday party, my 70th birthday party, and he said, Jerry, he said, you don't have any gumption at all if you don't come and ride to New York and uh, Rhode Island Nationals. And after I got back into it and rode those four Nationals, uh, I said, well, maybe if I go to Colorado, I might be able to beat Bill Thompson and become national champion again. And uh, as it was, uh, I had some back problems at Colorado and uh, I didn't do well. Bill Thompson beat me again. so. I'm still not done with that guy. I, I, th I think I've got to go after him again. <laughs> you know, what's incredible to me, I know we've had the Senior 70 class in NATC for some years. I don't ever remember a year where we've had two competitors in it. Maybe back in the Jack Hemingway and days, but yeah. I mean that we've got two guys that are battling 
for a 70-plus championship, having to ride those support lines, mm-hmm. is just incredible to me. There were some pretty big ups up in yeah. uh, up in uh, Rhode Island, and uh, Jim Zorowski were sitting around his camper after uh, the first day at uh, Rhode Island, and he said, Jerry, he said, did you ride number eight? I said, yeah. He said, boy, I just hope I can ride stuff like that when I'm 70. And that was the, uh, that was the, I think about a six foot up that uh, the guy broke his leg on, a younger fellow. Yeah, that would have been Will Sharp, I think, yeah. broke his leg there, yeah. Yeah. So you had to go up the same sec- part of the section that he did that? Yeah, and I, I just kind of <laughs> looked at it and I said, well, everybody else is going up, but I guess I can too. <laughs> and I did. I, I made it up three times and I wasn't real comfortable doing it, but... You just kind of close your eyes and do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So, so you actually did take a year off of trials, where you did no trials. Or was it two years or three? Oh, years? I didn't. No, I didn't quit completely. I just didn't ride the NATC series. So you're still riding some locals. Oh yeah, I I think I never. And and what I really enjoy doing is riding my Triumph Cub, which is the first motorcycle I ever bought. And you still own it. Yep. And I've been riding it almost every year for 40-some years. Wow. That's been a very consistent thing in your life then. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's one of my best trophies, I think, because, well, I call it my, it's my 40-year piece of sculpture because every year I modify it in some way to make it just a little better. And uh, I, Mike rode it last year at a local event. And uh, Ryan said that he was going to ride it at the Dirty Dabbers event this year. Oh, that'd so be cool. I want my uh, my children to ride this bike as well as and enjoy it. And I know they do love it as much as I do. Yeah, you need one of them to get attached to it just so they don't sell it after you're gone. That's right. They <laughs> might. <laughs> uh, well, um, over the years that you've been dedicated to trials, um, any regrets? for the past years? No, I enjoyed myself. It, it, uh, somebody just said a couple of years ago, I said, well, gee, you dedicated your whole life to this sport, and, uh, and I have, and no, absolutely no regrets. No. Yeah, you, you look at what, the, uh, what trials has become in America, and there is an elite group of guys that ride this thing at its top level. And uh, the, I'd say if you, if you look at the skill level of a top, Pro trials rider compared to any other motorcycle sport, they're definitely the most talented of, of anybody. I mean, it's proven now that some of the trials riders are going and riding enduro cross and these extreme enduros and stuff. Seeing what they can do on a motorcycle proves that trials teaches you how to ride a motorcycle completely. Yep, and uh, it's uh, very gratifying the fact that. Uh, you can be age 70 and still ride up some pretty big stuff and and just the cambers and stuff and uh, there was a section in uh, Rhode Island that uh, Ryan was standing up at the top of this it was kind of an uphill kind of worked your way up through these rocks and it was very muddy before you had to go up this two and a half foot ledge and uh, guys were not making it not making it and I got up onto this next to the last ledge, and uh, boy, I was in a tight spot. I was—I thought, 
how can I get this bike up over this rock ledge that no one else was getting up? And Ryan's standing right there watching me, and I just turned left, unloaded, and put all my effort into it. And I got up over that ledge, and Ryan said, gee, Dad, you got up when I forget who he said. <laughs> Will Sharp didn't get up, or he said somebody. <laughs> I forget who he said. But, so it's, it's, that's, that's the kind of neat things that are gratifying, you know, that's like, how can I find traction when no one else could? <laughs> you carry it around in your pocket like your oh, son does. Oh, I have does. a bag there. I spread <laughs> some around. <laughs> I always told him he carries it around in his pocket and throws it down, then he scoops it up as he's riding by. Oh, you have so, to. So that it's not left there for the next no guy. No way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've seen Ryan uh, in business and become really successful at business. His training videos are worldwide distributed. I mean, I've, I've watched thousands of those videos go out through this store that's got to be gratifying to you too to see that he's become successful in this sport that he's able to make a living and and uh, you know give back yeah i just told somebody the other day uh, I, i'm always telling people about who he is and check out his website and uh, and i tell him about the videotape that he made he said he made it in one take he did no dubbing yep and uh not many people can go through a, a training tape and not say, uh, and, uh, but he did it. And, uh, and the fact that it is well received throughout the world, uh, just goes to say how smart a kid he is and how well he can teach. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a country that that tape has not been shipped to. It's, it's amazing. And I know Diego, Ordonez, who visits us from Guatemala all the time, says there are street vendors there that sell pirated copies of that tape <laughs> in Guatemala. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's really funny, you know, that, that even in some of these third world countries, that tape is seen as, you know, something of a, a standard. A standard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that you can walk up to a street vendor in Guatemala and get one. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they sell for down there. <laughs> Probably very, very cheap. What do they have? Gonzales down there, I think, or Quazales is their their, their yeah. form of currency, and it's like 10 zillion of them equals a dollar. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. So what about nat internationally? Have you been able to travel internationally in do any trials? Yeah, I rode the uh, Scottish six-day trials in 1970. Boy, no, 1991. I'm sorry, 1991. Yeah, I. Uh, few other people have been over there and tried that, and uh, uh, that was one of my goals that I wanted to achieve. So, uh, talked to my wife. I said, "Hey, uh, I'd really like to do that." And she said, "Well, you're not getting any younger. You better do it before you're too damn old." <laughs> So I, I rented a bike from uh, uh, the Lampkin boy, uh, I forget his name, but uh, rented a bike from him for a week and uh, got an airplane ticket and went over and uh, I think I came in about the middle of the pack. I didn't do well, but I did okay. You finished. Oh, That's yeah. doing well. Yeah. <laughs> Seven, six days, Scottish, six days. Six days, about 100 miles every day wow and uh i'd ask you if you got monkey butt but since we can't sit down that's not even possible right <laughs> no and i had hurt my left leg before i went over there and uh, i didn't know whether i was going to be able to finish or not and uh, 
So I built a thing that I thought, well, worst comes to worst, I said, I can sit down and put this foot out in front of me and when it's when there's some road work and I can rest my leg and so uh, as it was I I tossed that aside and I said I'm not I'm just not going to use it and uh, uh, Mick Andrews and all the boys were there and it was uh, it was a great event it was a very difficult event and uh, it had rained oh probably three out of the six days or maybe four I don't know but I, I know all day long you you just keep thinking about that. Uh, a hot tub of water to because it's usually pretty chilly in May and so all you want to do is get back to the hotel and jump in a hot tub of water and uh, have a beer maybe <laughs> <laughs> or two yeah <laughs> so so as you're as you're watching Ryan ride the Nationals all those years you you were actually going to the Nationals unlike a lot of parents once their kids get 18 19 20 they're kind of on their own, and they, they make their own way there. But with you, you were able to witness most of his championships, I guess. Yeah, and the thing that uh, <clears throat> uh, I don't know whether I'm proud of it or not so proud of it, but I did it differently then. I We worked till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning getting the bikes ready, and uh, I would make sure he would get to the event. And then he was kind of on his own because I had my own thing I wanted to do. You were riding as well, yeah. I never, back then there were there were no minders. Minders came way, way later. And uh, so he just, uh, the training we did uh, over in Mill Creek and around Williamsport uh, and in my backyard, uh, mm -hmm. we competed constantly every night, you know. Well, can you beat me tonight or can I beat you? And <laughs> And uh, it kind of got to the point where, yes, he could beat me consistently. And uh, but I, it was just kind of neat that we he did it the way he did it, and or we did it the way we did it, with no minders and really no help from me suggesting he ride this line or that line. And he started out riding this little TY80, which you have one of out here. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what he started riding against some guys that were full-grown men and uh, beating them on this little TY. So during his championship years, are there any of those years that really stick out to you that, that are, you know, like your most memorable watching his battles, anybody that he battled against that you were just amazed that he could beat him or that, that it would come down to one point or? Well, I think you asked me a while ago, are there any regrets uh, about trials and, uh, the only regret I can think of is that I didn't have a chance to watch my son compete and uh, Dale Malachik would always say the hair raised up on the back of my neck watching him ride that section and I did get to watch him ride some but uh, I always thought well maybe I would make him nervous Yeah. so I didn't really want to watch him ride but then to hear other people describe making the hair stand the up magic the, of ryan yes, back then <laughs> yeah yeah he pulled off some incredible rides and uh, uh riding that aprilia was uh an incredible you know he was such as kind of a small guy and that aprilia was a tall bike but mm -hmm. he rode it flawlessly and uh, was able to uh i think he uh beat uh clement grant or uh, uh yeah that, that was uh I'm not going to remember how to pronounce this. Kalamag yeah. 
Clamageron. That's how it was pronounced. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I never heard it said that way. (laughs) And uh, uh, who was the guy that came over to win the championship and Ryan Ryan sending back on the... I forget who that was. He sent a couple guys home. European guys. Yeah. Yeah. Came over here to dust him off and uh, (laughs) he spanked him and sent him home. Yeah. There was one year where you won a championship oh, and he that, won the championship oh, as well, a, right? That was a, yeah. That's that, the only time I've seen a father or know of a father-son actually winning like that. Yeah, that's that was pretty cool. I, uh, that, that was pretty awesome. I, uh, we finished up uh, up in Oregon, and uh, you know I'd been battling it out with Dale all year, and uh, Bill Wachendorfer, he said, Jerry. You got Dale talking to himself. He said, he's beside himself, the fact that you're beating him. And uh, boy, we came down to the last event and I remember some really nasty, muddy sections and I put this old 240 Fanic in second or third gear and blasted up this hill and cleaned the section and I came out top guy. And uh, it ended up that I was tied in that championship with him and uh, Ryan had won his championship and so on our way back from uh, Oregon back down into California and coming back across the United States we kept reading the rules and we finally figured out that I had to be the national champion and uh, we, we did some celebrating and uh, that was the old roof riding story that uh, you oh, may or may not have back. heard yeah. <laughs> that maybe we shouldn't repeat but that was <laughs> Yeah, that was a very special year. Yeah. And Ryan won the champ class that year, no, or was a sportsman class. Yeah, sportsman yeah. class. Yeah, sportsman. Yeah. Well, that that was awesome, father son. Yeah. Yeah, there was something to celebrate then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think we uh, we may have done that a couple other times. We were father son champions, I think, more than once. So here we are sitting now. You've you were national champion many times over i'm sure through the senior classes support classes yep a few yeah so now we're we're sitting here looking forward what's jerry young gonna do well i claim i'm gonna beat bill thompson (laughs) and uh so we'll see what happens maybe i'll maybe i'll do it this year maybe i'll do it next year but uh, i have him in my sights and i i think i'm as good a writer as he is and uh it just depends on who has a good day and you know how many mistakes you make well thank god for bill thompson it's keeping you motivated absolutely (laughs) and i'm sure he's doing the same to you well the neat part about the upper senior classes is that uh uh del malachik uh uh bill de bill de and bill thompson and myself and uh I get to ride with Bill Thompson for two or three years, and then he jumps into the 75 class. So I get to ride this year, I think, with Bill, and maybe one more year, and then he'll jump into the 75 class. But then Bill DeGarris moves into my class, so I get to do head-to-head with Bill DeGarris, so you really have to be on your game to beat him. And he just beat Dale last year. So I know he's riding and practicing constantly. So I get now, as soon as I get rid of Bill, Thompson, then Bill DeGarris comes in, and I got another handful to deal with. So, so yeah, the motivation is definitely there to uh, 
keep riding and uh, and I have beaten Bill before and I know I can again I mean it's just a matter of how much time are you willing to put into the sport <laughs> well I know that the list of people that have ridden senior 70 is very short it's Holly Slayton uh, Jack Hemingway mm -hmm. uh, seems like there was someone else in there I'm missing but those two and then yourself uh, Bill Thompson now mm-hmm and now we're looking at Bill Thompson. Will he still be riding at the Senior 75? Absolutely. That will be a record because we have never had a Senior 75 rider yet. That's right. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and, you know, it's like I've always said that I think uh, trials has kept me healthy because yeah. it, you know. Motivates you. Yeah, you keep moving, you keep trying, keep practicing, keep riding. It's enjoyable. Well, that's and great. It's, it's nice seeing these... Uh, young kids around here and uh, I'm just uh, pretty tickled that Ryan still has the ability to teach these kids how to be better I mean Absolutely. they're already very good and it's like the fact that he can still do what it takes to ride up these rocks and uh, tell them how to do it yeah you see how excited they are to be here it's not like they feel like this is just something they have to do. I mean, this is something they want to do, to be able to ride with Ryan and train with Ryan. Mm -hmm. They know it's gonna, gonna move him up another level. So yeah, it's, it is amazing that, that he still possesses that talent, but he does. Yeah, and I, uh, I'm just gonna switch the tables on you a little bit because I think what you've done for this sport is quite tremendous and uh, you've given a lot of your own self to these children and uh, I know you love the sport and want to see it grow and the fact that you guys are putting this little team effort together, these schools and <laughs> motivate these kids, I mean, uh, it's just great. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. It does take a team to put it all together. Yeah, you though. earned a lot. <laughs> you earned a lot. Well, it's fun. You know, we've, we enjoy what we do here during spring break and then the summer you know, getting these younger riders out, just just seeing them keep progressing and getting better and becoming better young men. I mean, that's just fulfilling. It really is. I look at the quality of these kids, and they're, there's not a wise guy in the bunch. Right. They're serious. Uh, and I, I look at wrestling and, uh, you know, the dedication you need to put into wrestling. And this is, this is just another, uh, I call it an art form, you know, gymnastics, uh, riding trials, uh, and they used to call trials the gym. We were the gymnast of the motorcycle industry. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's see. We've been going almost forty minutes now. We could probably do this another hour or two if we if we well, went really without e even any effort. <laughs> I haven't taken a deep breath yet. But I'm afraid that if we keep people on here much longer, they may miss dinner or get their wives mad at them for something. <laughs> well, you know, it's if uh, they're if they're listening to this all night. I'll just say that uh, I'm. Uh, I'm flattered that you wanted to interview me, and uh, I'm enjoying it, and I hope other people enjoy what I've done and uh, listen, want to listen to this. Well, what little narrow piece of your history that we've been able to capture here is at least now on the digital superhighway, and people will be able to hear a little bit about it. But I know we only scratch the surface as to what, what your history is with this sport and what you've done for trials, and well, I think it's great. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming in and talking to us, and uh, I guess pleasure. you enjoy spring training while you're here. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>